This supplemental episode contains adult language, mature situations, debates on what was the best in the past decade, informative discussion, rants, wrong choices, and expectations for the upcoming decade. Listener discretion is advised. Spark and Supplemental episode, Decade in Review, the 2010s. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Spark and Review podcast. This is your host Zan saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hey, it's Greta. Yes, we are back for a very special supplemental episode of the Spark and Review podcast. Note we didn't say manga review, anime review, con review, motion picture review, or any of the other subtitles because this is one that's straight up for the review podcast itself because it's a supplemental. For something that every other podcast, every other YouTube channel, every other article, every other writer, everybody's doing, and that is a decade in review for the last decade, the 2010s. I know, crazy, right? It's the 10s. It's not the aughts, which were the zero zeros. It's not the 20s, not the 30s. It's the 10s. Woohoo! It's kind of weird. It's like the the teenage years of the 2000s. Now, fun fact, most of our podcast has been during the 2010s. We started in 2008, but from 2010 through 20 till today, we're still doing the podcast. So we've covered a lot of stuff throughout the years on the podcast. We've talked about it a lot. And we've been noticing things. We've reviewed a lot of stuff, video games and TV shows and all of the lovely things. And seen movements and news. So we're going to go over some of the basic cool things for the decade. Nothing too crazy. We're not going to go over the specific mo- movements that happened in the 2010s. Like presidential candidates that were elected or... Yeah, we like to talk about fun stuff. Or horrific events or uh, strange occurrences or blah, 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 blah. We're going to talk about fun things. Now, note, the only thing that we're not going to be covering really is games because that's a whole other shebang. There are so many games that came out. It's kind of hard to pick the best from the worst. And what was the best things for the 2010s? We're going to probably release another podcast talking about that, hopefully. But let's get to it, shall we? Because we're going to be talking about so many things. We're going to start off with something simple and easy, and that's the big films of 2010 through 2019. Now, note, we're not going to cover a lot of big property sequels. For example, Star Wars, the DC Extended Universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, most Disney films. We're just going to focus on some of the key original stuff. Because if we did this, most of it would be MCU and Star Wars and things like that. So... But we have podcasts on that, too, so... Which you can check out at our website, www.spirekin.com. And let's start with it. We're starting with the 2010s, because this one's actually in order. The rest of our lists are kind of all over the place, but these ones are in order, which is cool. You're welcome. Yes. So, for the 2010s, not a lot of movies came out, but there were three that were truly memorable for the year. And that was... The first one was Date Night. A movie about an older couple going on a date night and things going horribly awry. Uh, Steve Carell and it was Tina Fey, right? Yes. They did, or was it Kristen Wiig? It was Tina Fey, right? Tina Fey. It's a weird film which I didn't think would be enjoyable and I couldn't relate to, but then as I've gotten older, I relate to it more. Because we have date nights. But it's fun. It's different. It's weird. It's crazy. Now, the second one is a film which was off of the... Um, ashes of his horrible ending to this Batman trilogy, Christopher Nolan came back with a one-two punch of an amazing film called Inception, which is an acid trip upon a... a Another ex- acid trip. And an existential crisis. Truly an immense film, and one that I don't think you could watch again. I saw it in theaters and IMAX. It was beautiful and spectacular, and I tried watching it again on TV, and it really doesn't hold up on TV. It's not the same. 
you don't immerse as much into it, I think. Also, it's like The Sixth Sense. You know the punch. Yeah, line. once you know, then you know. It's still an amazing film. Co- completely. The last one is starring one of Pride and Prejudice fans' favorite, Darcy. We're talking about Colin Firth and him playing the king. In the king's speech. Loved it. This film is intriguing because it shows a different aspect of royalty. And it's interesting seeing him trying to overcome his speech impediment and his stutter. And it kind of peels the curtain back on it. Because I think that was, for the most part, hidden from the public's view. And this actually would also begin the method of a lot of other behind-the-scenes royalty and nobility series coming out in television and in film as well. We're going to go over a couple of those later on once we get to the TV shows. But so that was 2010. 2011, uh, we had, well, a bunch of good films. Like, a lot of them are depressing, some are fun, some are weird. The first one is an honorable mention. It's crazy, it's weird, it's fun, it's just what the fuck. We're talking about Hobo with a Shotgun. This is a movie which was made essentially because they made a gag trailer and people loved it so they made a movie out of it. Rutger Howard, completely batshit crazy. Have a chance, we've reviewed it, talked about it, watch it. Now, for the real films. First off, we have The Adjustment Bureau. I liked The Adjustment Bureau. It's an adaptation of a Philip K. Dick story that's well done. Matt Damon, this shows him as a real actor and I've got to say... The conspiracy theory element of it is intriguing and engaging. I do feel it's a little agnostic, I think, because of the whole behind-the-scenes stuff with the men in the hats. But very cool movie, great thriller, well done. I really enjoyed it, yeah. Next one had us get a TV series inspired by also, and that's Limitless. Bradley Cooper as the guy who starts out with nothing then gets addicted to a drug which turns him into a super intelligent businessman. Kind of weird message, but fun action-packed movie. And also, Robert De Niro does a great job with this film. I think it's well done. Now, the next one is one which I technically didn't want to put on here, but I am because it got nominated for a lot of awards and people love it. We're talking about Midnight in Paris. I also liked Midnight in Paris. I am not a fan of the director, Woody Allen, for reasons. I'm, yeah. However, one, this one did not have him appear in it. I do like the fact of nostalgia and this focusing on how nostalgia is not a good thing. How he goes in the past and he's like happy about the nostalgia, but the people in that nostalgia want to go back to earlier time and it just... it. Everybody wanted to go into the past. Yes, and how you got to be happy with the present. Right. And that's a little enjoyable. Um, you had the artist, the last or latest silent film since 1930. <sighs> It's an intriguing film that was done well. It was You didn't expect a black and white silent film to be made in 2011 and actually win an Oscar. It's just... It was a... It, Not everybody liked it. You didn't like it? No. Bored by it? Yes. Because you got to read it? Well, I watch anime. True. And read. I just... It felt not purposeful. It felt like, to me... I'm sure there's a lot of people that like it, won an Oscar, but it felt not purposeful. Like, why did you go back and make a silent film that didn't have, like, a statement? Like, the the, the silent movie that, the horror movie, it's all about the quiet and it's super silent. Like, that was purposeful reason for something weird. But this one was like that animated short where it shows the progression from one point to the other because he's losing. But it's a whole long move. Like, I heard myself eating popcorn. Like, no one needs to hear that. I like this. I thought it was an intriguing film. Anyway, next one. 
Raid Redemption. This is insane. This movie is, this shows us that the Indonesian martial arts style is amazing, and it's just a simple premise. A guy is stuck in a building with a bunch of people trying to kill him. He's got to get to the top floor to kill them all, and that's what it is. Crazy, crime-filled, action-packed. Gotta love it. Also, this concept comes up later, even though the film that comes out later actually was filmed and shelved beforehand. We'll get to that in a minute. And then the last one for 2011 is 50-50. Uh, different take for Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Seth Rogen doing a drama, which goes over a very important topic of dealing with um, cancer. Very long name cancer. And just dealing and how that affects everybody around you and how you have to have a, you know, a good... Uh, base of people support system that's it support system i really enjoy this film it's one of my favorites and also this shows seth rogan being even though he's an asshole for after it shows his nuanced nature as a good actor because i think he like is he's not actor. just playing the same old guy i think it's well anyway that's neither here nor there but 2011 pretty good run next we had 2012 and 2012 that was a big year because we had a lot going on now the year of movies. Let's get the big one out of the way. Yes, we're talking about the culmination of five years or four years of Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, the first time that a comic film you didn't think would happen ever would happen. We're talking about the Avengers. We didn't. We said we we're going to do not a lot, but this one we had to talk about because the Avengers. We've reviewed it. We've talked about it. It's a film which no one thought would ever happen, and when it happened, it's like wow, and they did a great job with it. It wasn't a clusterfuck it wasn't a failure i mean yes you had to watch the original ones to understand who the characters were but once you did that it was a great film i mean when you first saw the avengers what did you think i loved the avengers did you see it in theaters yeah um, i like i liked it um i don't know it like sets it up for the big one-two punch. It does, but the first Avengers, I think it just set up because you never thought it would ever happen. And most people left for the Stinger. They think, oh, there's a Stinger. It's just, nope, Stinger's part of it. Anyway, so next one. In Time, created by the guy who created in Gattaca. We've talked about this movie before. You know I love it. I think it's an intriguing concept, the fact that the world is run by the time of a person itself. The more time you have, the slower you are, but the less time you have, the faster you have to move because that time is your life is precious part heist film part romantic drama well done film but more importantly than that it proved that justin timberlake is not just a singer who can't do anything this is him proving he's an actor who does something different also fun fact this is also during the time of a show that came out in 2009 the big bang theory and you had johnny galicki in this film as a messed up drug addict who's an alcoholic and he it's a complete departure from his uh Leonard character and just it shows he is a diverse character as well anyway next we had a Disney film which did something different it actually got permission to use other properties for it very similar to Who Framed Roger Rabbit but instead of it being animation it was Wreck-It Ralph yes computer animation it was video games I loved Wreck-It Ralph this is a bad guy trying to be good and I think it works because sometimes it's good to be bad and it's good to be bad. It's not bad to be good. <laughs> uh, I love this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. And more importantly than that, it has a great message to it. The sequel? Eh, 
but we don't cover the sequel. Anyway, next one in 2012, a found footage film that actually worked besides Blair Witch Project. We're talking about Chronicle, where they had a superhero or persons with superpowers that was done horribly. And this revitalized the whole found footage scene. Now, you didn't like any of the found footage stuff, right? No. Well, and this was just a different take on it. It's Instead of it being about uh, monsters and murder and ghosts, it's this, these three kids got superpowers and then one went crazy with power. Well done. little weird. It made Dane DeHaan an interesting actor, even though his next film was terribly done. We don't talk about that. Next one is a documentary that I enjoy because it's about a place that I want to go to one day in my life. And that is Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Mm. Now, this is the story of Jiro. He is a world-renowned sushi chef. And I've got to say, one day I'll go to this place because his restaurant or restaurants have a deal. It's like $500 per person and they pick the meal for you. You don't get to choose what sushi you get. He just makes it for you and then that's it. It's a whole experience. And apparently it is worth the $500. So... I would love to try that one day. So, bon appetit. Yes, bon appetit. And speaking of revitalizations of things, the next one is a revitalization of the horror genre by doing a parody. This actually had been shelved for a bunch of years. It was actually hidden in a vault with another film from this year. And this one, they're like, oh, we're going to release it now. And it's starring Chris Hemsworth, but it was shot before Chris Hemsworth became the mighty Thor. So this was made like in 2007, but they had been shoving it. And that's Cabin in the Woods. It's, uh, oh, these kids are stuck in a cabin, but you have the fact that it's actually arranged by a bunch of guys. So you have, oh, the scary parts. But then you have behind the scenes of the people who are trying to set up so these kids die. And then they're like taking bets of, oh, which monster are they going to set up? It's this one, this one? Oh, no, it's zombie rednecks. But I had rednecks. No, 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 there's a difference. They're zombie rednecks, not just regular zombies. <laughs> Zombie rednecks. And then, what about you? I voted for the merman. You don't see the merman. And the end, we, he sees the merman. <laughs> it just, it's, it seems scary, but it's so stupid and fun that you can't be afraid of it. It's just, it's just weird. Um, the next film, the one I talked about that was shelved also, which came out beforehand, but it seems like a copy of Raid Redemption because it's the same premise, is Dread. The second film based on the Judge Dread property. This one has Carl Urban playing the mass judge, and I've got to say, well done, artistic. The premise is very similar to Raid Redemption. They're locked in a building, they have to get to the top floor to kill the bad guy, and everyone is trying to kill them. It also has Judge Anderson in it, and her with her psychic abilities, and it's it's a great film. How It's cool to see in 3D, however it's hyper-violent, and it's a little uh, gory. I thought you thought it was horrific. I don't remember watching all of Dread. We never finished it. Yeah, no. I'll even say we never. She didn't make it through it because it got horrific after seeing someone skinned and thrown off of a the, the twenty two hundred floor of a building. Yeah, I don't like that part. Yeah, a little. But I love the a little much for the Greta. I love the design of the the world, and they kept it so faithful. Like you had it was a city block. It was a whole city in a block. And all the pieces were there, the little things from the Dread universe. But anyway, so the last two we have, one of them is a film with uh, Frank Langellis, and it's him playing a guy with Alzheimer's who becomes friends with a robot, even though he doesn't want the robot caregiver, and that is Robot and Frank. (laughs) It's a heist film, it's a romance story, it's a buddy friendship, and it's a little depressing because... uh, 
Frank is losing his memory, and it's there's a twist which is kind of sad in it. Um, I recommend it, but it's a little melancholy. 2012 was a weird year for movies. And the last film is another Steve Carell film, but this one is super depressing. And for some reason, stay to film. I actually liked it. I'm super thin. It's, it's a, Seeking I, a friend for for the end of the world. I liked it. It's a film which I find it to be a great film. Even though I'm thanthophobic, I'm afraid of death. I mean, most people are, but I just it's a little for me, it's a little much. But this film, it ends on the most depressing note possible. Like, the world ends. It's in the title. It really happens. But there's like a car chase with with smart cars. There's crazy end of the world people with like, um, what are those meal packets? MREs? Yeah. With MREs stocked up and, you know, they're going to repopulate the world. Like, it's like, it was, for me, it was comical but not slapsticky. I liked Steve Carell in it. I liked, was it Kira Knightley? Yeah. I liked Kira Knightley in it. It's a film which it's very divisive. And I've got to say the one thing about it which is true is that it's a film which is about finding your person, even if it's in spending the time. Yes. And that's a good message to it. it. It reminded me of a bunch of other films from back in the 70s and 80s that talked about like the end of the world. It was like The Last Night or uh, 1444 where it, uh, 244, that's when the world was going to end. And it's, uh, it's similar to that, but this is a little more upbeat. You know? I think it's. I think everybody deserves to find their person. Those are always my favorite movies. Yeah. So yeah, that was 2012. Now on to 2013. 2013. This brought in a bunch of films that were, well, two films that are considered the best films of the decade and some that are just personal favorites. So the one that is considered one of the best of the decade. We're talking about The Wolf of Wall Street, directed by crime director Martin Scorsese. And this is a film which it's completely out of its fucking mind because it's based on a real story. And it's Leonardo DiCaprio playing a coked out, insane, greedy Wall Street guy. Based on real people. Based on real people. Yes. And this the, actually happened. The fun thing is that, uh, small note, a couple of episodes ago I talked about the fact I worked in a bookstore. And this mentions it because when I was hired for the bookstore, they asked me the stupid question that he asks everybody in the beginning. Sell me this pen. Um, that has been around in retail for years. And this is supposedly the guy who originated it. Oh, uh, so annoying. But this is a film which, if you want insanity, also Margot Robbie being interesting. <laughs> I, I like uh, uh, what's his name Jonah Hill as his as his, as his bleach blonde. Yes, because he's completely off type. He's now just kind of the ah, uh, kind of just a greedy uh, henchman. I'm pretty sure he sold them out at the end of the movie, but anyway, it is a based on a true story. Enough said. The other film is also based on a true story because this is also the beginning of biopics as movies because most of these are biopics and they drive me crazy, but. It's there. And this one is 12 Years a Slave. Based on a story of a young African-American uh, musician who takes a gig to go to the South during slave times, gets knocked out when he crosses the border. They give him another name and they sell him off. And he has to spend 12 years... As a slave. 
Uh, this is a hard movie to watch. Uh, Michael Fassbender, you end up hating in this movie. You hate him so much. Which means he did a good job as an actor because... Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, you're kind of the same thing. I gotta say, it's a film which... It's kind of like watching uh, The Passion of the Christ. You watch it once, you appreciate it for what it is, and then you never watch it again. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a time in history that you, we should be aware of and we shouldn't ignore, but it's also a time you don't want to, you know, it's painful. You don't want to relive. We want to learn from the past, remember it, know that it happened, and never let that happen again. So from this point, let's go to the other end of the spectrum, a film which no one expected to do well, and it spawned an entire franchise. A film about one night of the year when you could do whatever the fuck you want. Ugh. The Purge. It's a horror movie which the concept is kind of stark and makes sense. And the spinoffs have been even more crazy and insane. But it's just anyone can do anything on Purge Night and things go wrong when a family tries to protect themselves. Um, I like that it's Ethan Hawke in it because I love him as an actor. I think he's underrated. Seeing him in that film trying to drive it as his, the father who's trying to keep his family together. You have his son who causes all the problems. You have the daughter who's stuck in her boyfriend. And her boyfriend's like, oh, they're not going to let me be with you. Well, fine, I'll kill them and it'll, it'll all be fine. You'll still want to be with me. It's like, no, the logic doesn't work like, there. No, if you kill your girlfriend's family, uh, she might not still love you. Yeah, it just completely off the wall crazy. Another film that's... Sur- subverted expectations you're next a horror movie where it's 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 a comedy horror it's a family that's in a house and people start getting killed and the girl who's the new girl who you think oh she can't do anything turns out she's a survival nut and she ends up wrecking all the guys like completely crazy so good year for horror now the last two films one of them is uh a movie about magicians and not like in the prestige or the illusionist no this is one about modern day magicians like chris angel the now you see me about four magicians who pull heists off uh it's uh woody harrelson jesse uh eisenberg uh dave franco and then the girl she changed in the second movie so i don't remember the first girl but let's cr- it's it's the level of um magic that doesn't freak me out because it's like illusionists and and hypnotists and it's but there is magic real magic in it it's a unique uh style of film that's a heist film that's done well yeah you love the crew you love the setup you love the twist and it's all it does have the prestige level of here's this point here's this point here's this point and you know it's the the setup, the turn, and then the prestige. And that's how I watch all... I like the sequel better yeah, the than first. the original. Because Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah. Uh, the first one I, I enjoyed just as much. But anyway. Finally, last film. An indie film that I love because it's just simple story. It's a simple about a guy who wants to be the girl and things go kind of just weird. Talk about Don John. Joseph Gordon-Levitt again. Him just being a guy who ends up with a girl, Scarlett Johansson, he's pursuing her. She's Miss Perfect. The one small problem is Don John's addicted to something, and it's him trying to get off of it. Uh, Yes, uh, since everyone's over the age of 21, obviously, he's addicted to porn. And that causes problems in his relationship, and he ends up stopping his porn, because the whole thing is he's trying to find realism, and it's... That's so... I missed that movie. It's a film which it seems 
pervy and weird, but it makes sense. It's really strong. Also, uh, who is the girl that's... Uh, um, I want to look. I should have looked up the names, but I'm not going to. But there's an older actress who becomes his love interest hmm. when he's dating the, uh, Scarlett Johansson. That makes him seem more. It just it's a more realistic huh. thing. Recommend it. Check out Don John. All right. So that's 2013. Now the halfway point. We're almost done. We're, no, we're taking 2014. Our... Yes, 2014. And there's a lot that happened in 2014. A lot of films. Now the big one. We're gonna get it out of the way first. We're talking about everyone's favorite homicidal guy who got pissed off because they killed his dog, John Wick. Keanu Reeves on a revenge bender because they killed his dog and stole his car. No one expected this film to do good. I loved it from the beginning. Most of us loved it. We've seen the sequels. You want to see the, the fourth part. I still have to go through and do a watch of the second and third movie with Greta. Well, anyone who would want to kill a dog deserves to die. Yes, and that's what it's about. And it's a cute dog. It's a puppy. Aww. He gets a new dog at the end, but that also leads into the whole thing of the Continental. But we reviewed it. We talked about it in a review. So enough said. Next one is an honorable mention. Uh, Hector and the Search for Happiness. This is a film which it's based on a book. It could have been so much more sad than it was, but I liked it. Simon Plague playing a psychologist who's trying to find what happiness is in him also growing up. Which is a total honorable pursuit. And it's him traveling around the world looking for what makes people happy. And it's something as simple as the minor things like, you know, going to a party. Or it's something as profound as seeing something beautiful mm-hmm. in life. Or something as the day after you see, you know, it's like horrific happened. That that moment afterwards, you're like, life is beautiful because like you survived the car. Because you have life. Right. Yeah. Now, there's another film which is similar to this that was released during this time. Eat, Pray, Love. This, I think, is a superior film. And it's not as depressing as Eat, Pray, Love is. Because it's not about a guy. No, you pray love. She leaves. She she abandons the guy. Well, anyway, that's story for another day. Anyway, but I like this Hector and the Search for for Happiness. Nice little honorable mention. Okay, next one is the one that most people say is the best film of the decade. I disagree because it gives me a lot of uh, just flashbacks of old stuff. We're talking about Whiplash. Whiplash. Angry musician teacher tries to get the best out of his drummer. Uh, what can I say about this? But J.K. Simmons is a horrific villain in this. I mean, him smashing a chair against a guy's head, uh, next to the guy's head because he messed the tempo by a second. It's that perfectionism that will do great, help you do great things, but it's just, everyone's had that boss that does that. That's like, you have to be perfect, and if you're not, a, I'm going to be horrible to you. It's, uh, anyway. Uh, you had a film, another film which no one thought would do well. Based on a children's toy. I love the Lego movie. Because everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Everything is awesome. And we didn't think we would do good. I hope we don't get flagged for singing the song. No, we won't. It has... It's a great song to work out to, too. It's a great great movie about a guy who's in, who's... He thinks he's a master builder. He's not a master builder, but he is the special. It's about Legos. It's about Legos with a story. And I love that it entertains the live action with the animation. Watch it. You've seen it. You love it. Okay. Last three for the month. First off, we have another horror film. This one is very simple premise. It follows. 
<sighs> creepy, disturbing, but super simple. Not very gory, just something following someone to die. Leads almost like an STD. Almost the whole premise is the curse is essentially passed by sex, and then it'll you have to pass along or else you're going to die. And Crazy movie. Very violent. Uh, what else do we have on this? Oh, yes, two more. Well, three more, because we have another honorable mention, and that is Barefoot. That one is a weird indie movie that I dislike. It's about a guy who has gambling addiction who ends up taking a girl from the place because he, he works as a janitor in a psychiatric institute. Finds a girl who doesn't wear shoes, takes him with her, or takes her with him. And it's beautiful. And it's a romantic story. Sounds worse than it is. It's a it's a film about two people in love who end up going on a road trip, and it's, it is beautiful. I told you, I like all the movies where it's about somebody finding their person. I liked it and I thought it was well done. Also, again, J.K. Simmons, again, this time he's playing a psychiatrist. And it shows how versatile and uh, engaging he is in that. Mm -hmm. Now, the last two films. One of them has an absurdly long title, so we're just going to call it by what it is. Birdman, starring Michael Keaton. About a failing actor who wants to get glory by making a new play. And his imaginary friend is based on his former life as a superhero. Kind of parallels Michael Keaton's life. It's twisted and weird. Uh, you have um, Emma Stone as his daughter who's a drug addict. And you also have Edward Norton as an actor who's pretentious and working with him. I gotta say, it's a film which is thought-provoking and a little just... Weird. It's weird. It's out there. But I do enjoy it. Now, finally, last one for 2014 in the halfway point... A film which makes me hungry and is food porn. And I love it. It's John Favreau having fun with his friends. We're talking about Chef. Love it. He get, It's a guy who's a top chef, quits his job, ends up getting a food truck and going across America and making food. This like movie, if you don't like John Favreau enough already, you're going to love him after this. It's just food. Just watch it. It's Good food. Great. You want to make the food afterwards. You want to go to Louisiana to get beignets. You want to go to uh, Frank's Barbecue to try that brisket, which they sell out in, in two hours. That brisket looks so good. It does. And then you have the Medianoche, and then you have uh, a couple other things that they made. like in. Uh, and it's his relationship with his daughter. Son. Son, sorry. That's a, it's not our son, his son. But yeah, so. 2014, very good year. 20. 15, very slow year, three things, that's it. So we're getting quicker. Don't worry. We're going to be on a movie soon to other things. So with 2015, you had simply three movies. First one, the best action movie of the decade, I think, Mad Max Fury Road. Simple mm -hmm. chase movie, which is completely crazy. It's the fourth Mad Max movie. It's been a decade since one came out. And I got to say, uh, seeing Charlize Theron as a one-armed badass Kick-ass girl, worth it. Also, the new Mad actor playing Mad Max, well done. I did not watch a lot of movies in 2015 because... You didn't like that movie. No. You just didn't like the beginning when you see all the, the deformed people with the... Uh, yeah. I like the, the how the world has progressed since Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, how it's gotten even worse since then. Even though this one technically seems like it's not a sequel, it's its own thing. Anyway, I digress. Just not my cup of tea. So the next film is one which I think is a little underrated. A lot of people loved it. It was a critical darling. We're talking about Dope. The story of three kids who, after an incident at a party, end up with a bag full of drugs and what they have to do with it while the, our main 
guy has to end up going to meet someone for a recommendation for Harvard. It's a coming-of-age story that is done really well. The twist in it was I didn't see it coming, and that's all I'm going to say about Dope. I just I, I love the fact that they are a, a bunch of kids in 2015 who are fans of 1980s old-school funk. And people look at them like they're insane, like saying, you guys like funk? What the hell's wrong with you? And it's like, they like funk. And it's cool to see the kid who is, I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm the young black kid who's into funk music, who's a complete geek, having to go into the role of, okay, now I'm a kid who has to, who has a bag full of drugs and a gun. I can go to jail and I have to sell the drugs or else they're going to kill me. So. So, there we are. There we are. It's fun, it's lighthearted, it's not as dark as it seems, which I was surprised that for a lot of drug movies it gets very dark. This one still kept a light nature to it. Either way. Last film. Uh, film by Quentin Tarantino, another boxed-in film. The Hateful Eight. Hmm. Eight people in a cabin in the middle of winter, and, well, who is the traitor? Who is, which of these do not belong? What's going on? Quentin Tarantino doesn't belong. I do not like him. I think this film was... The dialogue is great. And the dialogue is always great. The premise is always and great. Kurt Russell's Kurt Russell is great in it. Samuel Jackson is great in it. Everybody who shows up gives their A game. They all give their A game. All of his regulars. Michael Madsen gives his A game. And while I know Greta's not a fan of Quentin Tarantino, this is a film which it's one of his better ones. The ending is nihilistic, though. And not lie. It's one of those ones where the ending is kind of a okay, we're all screwed type of scenarios. Not like The Thing, but it's close to it. And it's also uberly bloody. And um, one thing I'll say is, if you are someone who does not like seeing violence against women, this is not the movie for you, because the woman who is the reason for all this happening, who's a criminal, she's a horrible person, and she... Gets her comeuppance not just gets her comeuppance but they treat her really badly and i that's one thing i don't like about the film is them hitting you know they say oh she's not a woman she's it's like you still she don't have respect anyway not that let's get off this decade let's go to one which you i know you like there are two movies you love in this one we're talking about 2016 yep and the first one is a disney film which takes place in a weird place of the world. We're not talking about Europe. We're not talking about America. What are we talking about? Moana! We're talking about, like, the Polynesian Islands. Yes, we're talking about Moana with Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Maui. I know a Maui. I did not know you know a Maui. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew you know a Maui. Yeah. But yes, this is a unique take of a Disney princess where the princess is someone who doesn't want to be the princess, and she, but she wants to protect her people. And she's gonna be like the best princess ever. She'll be the best queen ever because she is. She ends up becoming the she's queen. She's great for her people. Yeah, because she does become the leader of. But her it's people. about your family. It's oh, I love it. Yes, I will say though one thing I do not like about Moana because I also liked uh, Lilo and Stitch. I love this taking place in the Hawaii-ish area. One thing I don't like Moana is I hate the animal companion. One reason because they set you up one is your the animal companion in the first ten minutes of the movie. And then they change it to another animal companion in the second half. And I hate both of them. It's it's almost as bad as with Tangled. Where Tangled, you had... Pasquale. As, set up as the as the main animal companion. And then they throw him away for stupid the stupid horse. 
The horse is not stupid. The horse is cool. Pascal is better than, than the horse. Yes, but we're talking about Moana. Well, Moana, I like Pua better than the, the Hehe. Yeah. You we, did not like the chicken. No, I liked hey, Pua. Pua was more interesting. Pua still can be more interesting. Pua didn't show up long, though. But, okay. So the next film that you would have liked, and one that no one, again, another one that no one expected to come out, a musical in 2016. An old school musical. A full-fledged musical starring Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. La La Land. But see, much better, much more purposeful than a silent movie. Sorry. No, I agree. Going forward, not going backwards. No, no, you could you could say it. But yeah, like old school brought back old Hollywood and it was sweet. I liked it. It was a film which brought back musicals. The soundtrack is great. The story has a really The one thing I didn't like was the fact that they what how did it end? Yeah, the ending is a little bit of a letdown, but the journey is great and it is musically. Yes. And I gotta say that opening sequence sells the movie. Just that whole opening, the uh, another day. Yes. How crazy it is. Now, the last two films we have, we have Kubo and the Two Strings, a stop animation film that was nominated for a bunch of awards and more importantly starring Charlize Theron, Art Parkinson, Ray Fiennes, George Takei, Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa. It was beautiful. It's a film which it's just about a kid who is trying to find the remnants of his family while running away from his grandfather who wants to take his eye away. Crazy story. And also he has an awesome uh, shamansen, which is kind of cool seeing a character who he's not using a sword, he's using a essentially guitar, Japanese guitar to do magic. And I think that was well done. The story, it's sad, it's passionate. It covers a lot of things that you wouldn't expect in a kid's film. I mean, it covers death and... Uh, bond festivals really early on like in the first scene you have a mother who for the first half of the film in a unusual state because of what she gave up to save her son and it's a film it's a film not just a kid's cartoon it's a film which is noteworthy it's been nominated for awards it won a BAFTA and actually got nominated for best visual effects it's like the second animated film ever to be done for visual effects for an Oscar and how crazy is that super crazy and I have to watch it again just to remember how cool it was. And finally for 2016, the last film is The Accountant, which is Ben Affleck going on a crazy crime spree while also being someone who has a mental handicap. It's either Asperger's or it's, um, well, I don't really explain what his is, but you see other characters in the film who have mental handicaps dealing with this in a normal way. like. But he uses it to his like advantage. Yes, it's an action movie with that little subtle background and one of the things it's like I a thought, mob movie yeah because he's a mob accountant right <laughs> and then he goes save the day and all of that that's like the best part of the whole thing is that it's a mob movie i will say though i love the twist and this is a spoiler it's been four years i'm just out there is that his girl friday who you hear on the phone all the time turns out she is a non-verbal autistic who she uses the computer and she sounds perfectly normal and um baz are old co-host his son same thing like he doesn't talk he's non-verbal but when you give him a computer and he uses the symbols he can actually communicate perfectly fine like it's so, sharp it's showing that they're there it's just you know the communication is different and i love that about the movie so we're almost getting there almost done next is 2017 that was a very important year because that year i think something happened in 2017 i don't know something weird 
Uh, right? Something weird happened in 2017, maybe? Zan met Greta? Yes. More importantly than that, a lot of cool movies came out this year. Now the big, now there are two honorable mentions. First one is Downsizing. A movie where Matt Damon gets shrunk to the size of like an inch. I thought it fell short. It totally <laughs> fell short. That's why it's an honorable mention. Har har. Har har. Thank har. you. It could have been a great movie. It just kind of it was stumbled a, at the end. I it actually had a really sweet, um, like storyline that comes out like halfway through it, but like it ends up being a really sweet, poignant movie and with a great message. But didn't need the whole shrinking, downsizing thing to get there. Like, it felt disjointed to me. It was two me. movies compressed into one, so that kind of failed it. But I do like seeing um, uh, Christoph Waltz being, like, the crazy, coked-out drug dealer smuggler guy. <laughs> he was fun in that. He was having fun in that movie. Now, the other movie, you hate. You totally hate this movie. And I like it. It is a documentary about the creating of one of the greatest, most screwed-up movies ever. I did not hit her. I did not. Yes. Talk about the disaster artist. James Franco and Dave Franco playing, well, the actors from The Room. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, and James Franco should have won. You know, it's just crazy. His portrayal was just, wow. I I do not feel the same way about this movie that you do. It's a garbage... Let's be honest. The Room is a garbage movie. It totally is. But it's that garbage movie that you can enjoy watching. You drink and you laugh at all the stupid things that happen. No, I don't drink and laugh at that one. Think about it. Who would their right mind make a movie where they have spoons? Spoons in pictures on the wall. Or the fact that he spent like $20 million on making a set that looks exactly the same as the alley that was next door that they could have looked at for free. It's just this insane guy who, you don't know where he's from, he has lots of money, and he's, he's spending weird things for this movie. You don't know, it's just... You're right. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's insane. Why anyone would like that is beyond me. But yet, there you are. It's a character study, but it's an honorable mention. So now the movies that are actually really good for this year. First off, you have Get Out. Jordan Peele's director of debut, the guy who did the K and Peele show, which we're going to talk about later... He proved he was an accomplished actor and director by creating a film which is suspenseful and dramatic and had a social message. I will say it's kind of paranoid and trippy, but... Super paranoid and trippy. It's a really well-done film. It's creepy. So the next one is a film which is breaking our rule again. That's another... This is another comic movie, but this one was poignant. It was sad, it was passionate, it was strong. It's what you wanted in a movie. We're talking about Logan, the final swan song for Hugh Jackman as the Wolverine. And it's done really well. I love Patrick Stewart's role in it as Professor Xavier who has Alzheimer's and he's going, he can't control his powers, he's an old man. And you have uh, Logan trying to help him out and you have the instructions X-23 it's done like a Western. It's not a, oh, this is an excellent movie. No, it felt like its own thing. And I enjoyed it. Hmm. You didn't like it? I did like it. I just, it doesn't feel like a Western to me. It has a little bit of a, well, it's based on the Old Man Logan comic, so that's where Western is. But I gotcha. Anyway, so next film we have is one which was a little little strange and that's an Edgar Wright movie that's balls to the walls crazy we're talking about Baby Driver 
Hmm. This is a movie where it's about a... It's all about the music. The fact that the main character, he has severe tinnitus where he hears ringing all the time. The only thing that keeps the ringing out is him wearing headphones. It's him doing all the jobs while listening to music. The gimmick was well done. He falls in love with a girl and then he tries to get out of his job. But things go horribly wrong because you have a bunch of crazy people he works with. Including Jamie Foxx in a very menacing role. It's one of those times you see him just... And he's scary in it. Uh, we reviewed this in an episode. Listen to the review. You'll understand our reasoning for it. All right. We got three more left for 2017. First off, we have Brigsby Bear. This movie is really hard to get a hold of. Greta hasn't seen it. And I saw it one time because it was on Hulu for free. The premise is a guy lives in a house with his mom and dad. And, you know, it's a weird alternative future. And the only thing he has to keep him going is this TV show called Brigsby Bear that every week a new episode shows up. Hmm. Well, it turns out that it's not entirely true. The people he says their mom and dad had kidnapped him. It's modern day. Uh-huh. They kind of brainwashed him and now he has to go back into the real world at his 30s where he's learned all his stuff from this insane TV show. It's like he wants to watch a new episode of the show no one's ever seen it before and he ends up deciding to make a movie. With some friends to finish the series off. And gets a cult following. Huh. It's strange. It's bizarre. And also the villain, the dad, is Mark Hamill. Weird. It's a weird movie. But it's just artistic. And it's one of those artistic movies you gotta watch. Okay. Last two films for 2017. First off, we have a Disney film. That, again, is... It kind of takes out the thanthophobic and thanthophobic. It focuses on death in a very unique way. Coco. Yes. This film is... Beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, it's really a beautiful film about family, love. It's got a great soundtrack. It takes place in Mexico. And... Um, it's about the um, Day of the Dead and how your previous... Um, your family comes back when the picture of the Alfaretta. However, um, Miguel's family, they don't know who his grandfather is. He's not allowed to play music. He wants to be a musician. Ends up going to the afterlife. Has to get permission to get out of there. But leads to a whole hilarious adventure in the, in the land of the dead. Hilarity ensues. And it shows about members of family and one you have to watch. It's yeah, it's beautiful. Different levels than Moana. Two different type of films, both worth owning and watching. Yeah, you totally don't feel like you're watching a Disney movie. Like a kid's movie. And the last one of 2017, another musical. And this one, even though it's not historically accurate, it is a great film. We're talking about Hugh Jackman's The Greatest Showman. Ah, oh, what a beautiful movie. They proved it was completely inaccurate to P.T. Barnum's life, but... But when is a biopic really super spot on? This is just a musical about... It's gorgeous. The greatest show. And the music in it. It's it's everything that you want. It gives you the tingles. Everything it's... you ever need. <laughs> it, it Like I said, it gives you the tingles. It's that... Yeah, it, it gives you the tingles. It's that movie which just... You, you'll hum the soundtrack afterwards. It didn't look like it was going to be good. It was enjoyable. Uh, we talked about it in a review. Check it out. So now, 2017 is done. 2018. Good first, stuff happened in 2018, too. Amazing stuff. Now, the first one is an, a film that shouldn't have worked because we've had so many 
films based on this character, but this is a different interpretation of the character, and we're talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Focusing instead of Peter Parker on Miles Morales and a Peter Parker. Not regular Peter Parker, but a different Peter Parker. From... Another Peter Parker. Yes, a different universe. And also Gwen Stacy or Spider-Woman from another universe. Yes, a bunch of universes collaborating together based on something really cool. Based on a comic series that was fun. Into the Spider-Verse is a film that was different. It was dynamic. And it was really enjoyable. Some people say it's the best Spider-Man film out there. I think it's one of the best Marvel movies in general. I don't think it's the best Spider-Man movie, but I really do love it. I think it's one of the best. Yes. Now, as for movies for the MCU that are better, one film came out this year. It's actually part of a two-part. 2018. The beginning of the end for the Marvel MCU, which ended in such a dramatic way we all were depressed. Talking about Infinity Wars. When, I was so irritated when the movie ended when and Thanos, the lights came on. I was like, no, the bad guys cannot win. Thanos won. He Thanos re- will return. Ugh. <sighs> Avengers Infinity War. That was epic. Yes. So many of you were upset and sad about it. It was a really good year for movies. It was. You listen to our review for Infinity War because that says everything. Um, Next one is one that friend of the podcast and fellow podcaster Fightbait worked on. A Quiet Place. Yes, a horror movie where you can't make noise or else something's going to happen. Monsters are going to come kill you. Yeah, monsters, because they can't see anything, but they can hear stuff, so you have to be quiet. Purposeful silent film, if you will. Well done. Also, it was fun to see JP's name, uh, Vibate's name in the in the credits. Like, hey, cool. We know him. Yeah. Uh, great horror movie. Well done. Depressing ending, but most horror movies like that. So, now, last two. One is a comedy, and one is a dramatic book adaptation. We'll go with the book adaptation first. Talk about Crazy Rich Asians. Loved it. A movie that no one thought would be amazing that wasn't a book nerd. Like, I heard it and I thought it was going to be cool. People like my dad, who hates movies, was like, I stayed up the entire time and loved it. It's Point of reference, he falls asleep in every movie. Yes. It's a film about a girl meeting her boyfriend's family. At a wedding, the only problem is the boyfriend didn't tell her that he is rich. It's not a problem. It's just the the catch. That's the catch. The not, catch is not rich. Like they like said, crazy rich. Like they can own a continent, rich. Like they own banks, rich. Like yeah. crazy rich. Hence the name, crazy rich Asians. And it's an all Asian cast, and we reviewed it and loved it. So listen to our review. We'll talk. You can talk about it there. And there's a sequel coming. There should be two coming, but uh, what is it? So our last number, 2018, is one which has kind of become prevalent nowadays because it's now a thing in the United States. We're talking about Game Night. Yay! Kind of similar to how Day Night was. It's about older uh, adults doing something geeky and fun. This is the people hung out for a game night. It's a murder mystery, but things go horribly wrong when one of their members actually gets kidnapped and they have to find him. Is it a game anymore? Is it not? It's... Epic. That's what it is. I still love the fact that when he gets shot, and he's like, Wikipedia, how to deal with a gunshot wound? Like, he's fucking bleeding right there. It's like, oh, you'll be okay. But that's what you do. Like, what do you do in that moment? Tourniquet. Tourniquet. You Google it. Yeah, nowadays we are Google. Uh, but it's fun to see that game nights are a thing now, and I love that. So finally, now we are in the last part, 2019, last year. And we had a bunch of films that came out. A bunch. 
And here are the ones we had for our best ones for 2019. Now, the first one, Greta is not a fan of, I enjoy. Talking about Jordan Peele's second outing as a director, Us. A twisted horror story about uh, the duality nature of people and all the actors, like Lupita Nyong'o, doing a great job playing two roles as themselves and then as the tether. Well done. Watch it. Creepy. Next, we had a film, another film with an all-Asian cast. This one was The Farewell. Ah, beautiful. Beautiful film about a family coming together in response to one family member's illness. But culturally, it's different because they can't tell the person that they're ill. So it's a... And Aquafina did an amazing job in it. Yes, her as a straight as a straight uh, actor, actor, meaning that she no not comedian, just an actor. Great job. She won the Golden Globe. She should have been nominated for the Oscars, and that's a shame she didn't get nominated for the Oscars. Oh, but she, she did does. such a beautiful job. Great story, beautiful movie, excellent cast, just enjoyable. Now another film that was created by an Asian animation studio. We're talking about Abominable. Oh, that was such a good one. Some people say, oh, uh, Missing Link is a better movie. No. Out of the three Abominable Snowman movies that came out, I think Abominable was the best. Yep. Even though he looks totally out of place because he looks cuddly and everything else looks realistic. But we have reviewed it. We talked about it. We love it. Um, You have The Lighthouse, a story about Robert Patterson, a.k.a. Edward from Twilight, and then William Defoe. As a crazy old man and them in a lighthouse together going slowly crazy. It is a trippy, weird, Lovecraftian horror. Not even a horror film. It's just a thriller film about two guys in a lighthouse just going crazy over time because of weather elements and them just hating on each other and getting more and more angry at each other over time. And then, you know, them insulting each other over, oh, you said you liked my, say you liked my lobster. You liked my lobster. It's like, no, I didn't like it. I'm a bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's a Zanny movie, not a Greta movie. So it's a weird movie. If um, you didn't like that, put that in your show notes. Yes, you have uh, Knives Out, a murder mystery, a new murder mystery. Can we believe it? It's a new murder mystery. And yes, I, I liked Knives Out. It's a fun. It's a fun ensemble cast that has done well. We reviewed it, talked about it. Also, fun something we forgot to talk about from two thousand and. 17 was Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, yeah. Great movie. Highly recommend. Now, the last three from the year, we have Jojo Rabbit, Take Away TT's Take on Nazis. Um, a very satirical film mm-hmm. where it's a kid who wants to be a, a you know, a, a junior, I forgot the term, it's, uh, wants to be a junior Nazi, essentially. And his best friend is an imaginary Adolf Hitler, played by Taika Waititi, and him realizing his ideals are not what they were. They're supposed to be like him, kind of the bubble bursting. It's, I don't even know how to say it. Like, it shows how it's growing up from a point of, hey, uh, I believe in this 100%. And then as you realize what's wrong with that ideal, and that belief, you're... You're realizing that, like... Your whole belief system that you felt passionately about, you have to course correct. Yeah. And it's done in a beautiful way. And while there are some really depressing scenes in it, 
I gotta say, well, oh, also Sam Rockwell does an amazing job as an insane blind. Like he's like he got kicked out of the the real army because he's he has one eye, but he's completely flamboyant and just wah in it. I know wah is not a word, but that's it is all I say. totally is. Make a Wikipedia page for it. Yes. Uh, final the final film. Well, the two. I, I said two left, but one left. But we cannot forget this other film. Adam Sandler, who had been snubbed for the Oscars for this film. But yes, we're talking about Uncut Gems. Him playing a seedy uh, Diamond District seller who just has a gambling addiction and just things go wrong for him. He wants to do good. We want him to do good, but just he makes things worse. It's one of those situations where you know you want to like the guy. And he's a guy that you'd like be like, hey, we, I really like you. You're my friend, but what the fuck are you doing? Why are you doing that? I mean, from compared to some of his other works he's done in the last couple of years, do you think it's a departure? I, it's, I like him in movies like this. And I thought it was pretty good. Well, here's something. Not was, my favorite, not my best, but. However, the sad thing is he said before the Oscar nomination came out, he said, if I did not get an Oscar nomination, my next movie is going to be the shittiest movie I've ever made. He's going to purposely yeah. make a shitty, annoying movie. And now because of him not getting the nomination, he's going to make the worst movie ever. That's probably going to make Jack and Jill look like a freaking open. Yeah. Movie. And then finally, the last film for 2019 that we're going to talk about. The greatest film. The sequel to Avengers Infinity War. Avengers Endgame! Avengers Assemble. We waited so long to hear that, and it was a great closing to the this part of the MCU. To Where the are they going to go from here? We don't know. Yes, we do. We're going to go back in time and get a movie about the Black Widow. Yes, and then we're also going to get a, a movie about the Eternals. But that's something we're going to talk about in a bit. So those are the movies for 2010. And now I notice some people are going to say, Hey, how come you didn't talk about anime? No anime. Well, that's right here. We're going to take a break for a second. So you can pause, get a sandwich, and we're going to talk about movies now. Decade interview specifically anime movies, and this is going to take five minutes because, unlike the movies where we had 50 movies, there were not a lot of anime movies that came out that were really good. And let's be honest, some of them were great, some were terrible, and we're going to go quick because, first one, the first real anime movie is actually from 2012. Two movies. First one is Asura, which I'm surprised even was made because the manga has been banned by every single country possible. Asura is a story of a young boy 
whose mother abandoned him after trying to eat him, and he is now a cannibal. And he's now trying to um, live his life, and he falls in love with a girl. It's a whole thing. I talk about it in my horror panel and a couple other panels. The crazy part is that it's a movie where the main character has no dialogue, yet it's the voice of Goku is the main character. So it's like, you have a great voice actor. He's just going to grunt. Narr. And scream and yowl. And then you have Magu Mahayashibara as his love interest. A girl who gets mad at him when he kills a horse to give her food because she's starving. And she's like, no, that's human people. Me, he's like, no, I killed the horse for it. It's like, nope. It's during that period of time when Japan was very depressing and dark. Right during the Warring States period. I've talked about this in another panel, but... Yeah, say Anyway, digress. Now, on the other hand, we have another film, 2012, that's the complete opposite. Wolf Children. Ami and Yui. Yuki. The story of a young woman who falls in love with a guy in college. Turns out the guy's a werewolf. They have two kids. Both these kids turn out to be werewolves. And the husband dies. So she has to move... Into, from the city into the country to, to be able to safely raise her kids. And it's her children, her raising her kids, and them dealing with the fact that they're dual-natured. And the one who loves being a, a wolf ends up not wanting to be a wolf, wants to be a person. And the one who didn't like being a wolf now identifies as being a wolf and is being raised by a fox from the woods. What will happen? Will she stay with her children? This is a film by Mamoru Hosoda, and it is, well... It's a beautiful film. It's well done. And the first time I actually looked into this was from an AMV of this to a certain song. And I got to say, since then, I identify that song with this movie because it just goes into where it goes. Anyway, if you have a chance, watch this movie. Studio Madhouse did a great job with this. So now, next film, 2013. We have a film by Makoto Shinkai. Yay! We're talking about The Garden of Words. Story about a guy who, whenever it rains, he runs to a garden. And he ends up meeting a girl who's older than him, who turns to be his teacher, and then blooming a relationship. So they're separated by the fact that they're age difference, but maybe they'll get together, maybe they won't. Also, the fact is the young boy wants to end up becoming a shoe designer. Not just a men's shoe designer, no. He wants to be a woman's shoe designer, but he wants to make shoes specifically for this girl that he's fallen in love with, this woman. And also, fun fact, the woman in the series shows up again in Your Name. That's As cool. the teacher. So, it's become kind of a star system situation. The other film for 2013 is uh, everyone's favorite Studio Ghibli director himself, uh, Hayao Miyazaki's last film, The Wind Rises. The biopic about the creator of the Zero airplane, the one that bombed Pearl Harbor. It's a... Love letter to his his love of aviation. It is romanticized. It is very well done. It's not about the him selling it to the Nazis. That was never the case. Or them being bombing it. That was never the case. It's about him wanting to create a plane that he enjoys. And this film shows that love of aviation. It's a beautiful film. And it's kind of funny that the director of Neon Genesis Evangelion is the voice actor of the main character. He does not know how to be a voice actor. But he's... Well, he adds something to it. Now we're going to jump ahead two years, 2015, The Boy and the Beast. Another, uh, that's a Mamoru Hosoda. And that's a unique film about a kid who ends up in an alternate world where beasts are there. And he ends up being adopted by one of the beasts. 
his love for his new father as they're learning about each other and more importantly them training to be the best they can be. What can I say about it? But yeah, check it out. Yes. And now 2016, the year which anime had probably its best films and arguably the best ones of the decade. Now the first one we're talking about is Kono Seke no Katsumi ni, or In This Corner of the World. This was one that was produced by MAPA and directed by Sunao Katabuchi. And it's a story about 1930s Hiroshima and Kurei. It's before and after the atomic bomb. And it's kind of like a guidebook. A little bit, but it focuses on pre-world, post-war, dealing with what happened. And it's following a young woman named Suzu. And I gotta say, it's a film which it's important to watch because it's it focuses on the happiness and sad parts of life and it ends in a well it's kind of like how barefoot gen is barefoot gen starts off kind of like oh nationalism everything's gonna be good bomb happens and then it's his positivity makes you know it's him being positive no matter what even though everything horrible is happening this has that feeling of things are getting better things are getting better things are getting better um and then our main character getting the courage with to survive in this world. And it's kind of, it's sweet. Dark, but sweet. Mm-hmm. Is that, does that make sense? Yes. But anyway, that's why I haven't shown you that one. It's kind of dark. Yeah. The next one is one which tackles an important subject. We're talking about a silent voice. Now, a silent voice is... Still sad, but beautiful. Yes, it is a great story. Now, there is a manga which covers so much more. It goes more into it. The, the, the anime is great. However, it kind of halves the whole story and gets only like half of it. like crams the half end. Just let's, let's hurry up the half end. We're going to get rid of most of the stuff that's interesting about them making a movie and all that. But it's, it's a beautiful movie. It's a beautiful film about a young boy coming to terms with the sins of the past and him trying to better himself from it. Yes. And also it it tackles a typical subject of bullying and also of dealing with someone who is audibly impaired. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, the scene of... Um, Super sad. Him, him not understanding that she's saying, I love you, without signing, that was kind of... That was rough. That was sad. Okay. So the last one for 2016, arguably the best... Anime of the decade. We're talking about Kimi no Nawa. Your name. Star-crossed lovers who inhabit each other's bodies because they keep switching places. Talking about Makdo Shinkai's film, Du Jour. Beautiful. I mean, like, not as sad as a silent voice. Still sad moments, but beautiful. Yeah, what could... I like the one in this decade better. We said so much with this uh, movie about how good it is. How it's this film is guy has to save the world, save the town to get the girl, and that's what happens. It's very similar to Lake House. Uh, we've talked about it in our review of it, but we'll, you know, we could talk about this again, forever, forever. So let's get on with it, shall we? Now, twenty seventeen. There are two films we were talking about though. The first one. We watched in theaters. You took me to see it in theaters in Manhattan. Yes, and I did. I thank you so much for it because it is amazing. It is great. 
Mazinger Infinite. Mazinger. Oh, it is the Mazinger movie, which takes place years after the Mazinger. Um, I think you said at best this movie is completely insane. Yeah, totally. It totally is. It's just like if you've never seen the series, you have no idea what's going on. But you know what? It's just guy has a giant robot. He has to fight a bunch of bad guys. Bad guys show up, and then they're going to lose. But then with the power of awesomeness, they save the day because reasons. Because giant robots. Yes, and the bad guy's name is Dr. Hell because he's Dr. Hell. Because that's a good name for a bad guy. We reviewed it. Listen to our review, Spiker.com. Now, the next one is a film which it's... Well, one, we found out about it from friend of the podcast, Doug Wilder, uh, AnimeCons.tv. He brought it over and we watched it. I've heard about it beforehand. I never got to see it in theaters. I was going to wait for the DVD, but he got it first and watched it. It's a strange animated romantic comedy by that psychotic animator, Masaki Yuasa, the guy who made Tatami Galaxy, which is a series about a guy who has an apartment, which is apparently a a parallel dimension, because every episode is the same episode, except one slight difference changes all the events that occur. It's This is a weird movie. We're talking about Night is Short, Walk On Girl. And it's kind of trippy, but it's totally awesome. And I want to cosplay as her. It's one night in this girl's life, but the one night breaks into four seasons. Opens up in spring, because it's a wedding, and then it goes into summer with a book sale, and then it goes into fall with a the school play and then ends in winter where it's freezing cold but it all happens in one night but it's totally a year it's crazy and weird and you have a guy whose name is don underpants who doesn't change his underpants because he's trying to find the girl that he's in love with but it turns out that actually the person that he's in love with is not a girl and and he knows them and they've heard this whole story they could be like that was me and ended the whole story but no they wanted to just drag this along for years forever yes uh until finally last one 2019 last one for anime movies talking about and it was quick it was only like 10 minutes uh you have four movies that came out one of them you can watch on crunchyroll right now we're talking about black fox story of a girl whose father is a scientist grandfather's a ninja She's been trained in both arts, and then someone comes and kills her entire family. She's now going to get revenge with her father's three creations, which are three robots. Bum, bum, bum. And it's her growing up, getting revenge. It's almost like the beginning of a TV series, but it's a movie. Very cool, very trippy, very dark. Now, the three other films. First off, you have Lupin the First. Yay! Yes, the story of Arson Lupin the Third trying to get a hold of a treasure that even his grandfather could not get a hold of. First C- real CG Lupin the Third series. I've heard amazing things about it. It's very weird. Can't wait to see it. But it's got to be worth it because it's a Lupin movie. I could have said Lupin the Third, Goodbye Partner, but this one apparently is leaps totally and that. The last two films, we've talked about both on the podcast numerous times. We're talking about Promare, which is the story of the world's greatest idiot or the universe's greatest idiot firefighter fighting against uh uh the burnish it's fire force but better uh, also there's a giant robot named deuce deus ex machina that is the name of the robot it's like this is gonna save the day it's deus ex machina and then he's like so you made this great weapon 
weapon? Yeah, you, well, you guys kind of just stumbled here. What would happen if we didn't show up? Uh, I guess we would have died. <laughs> this is gonna. What the fuck? And then last but not least, the last film um, from last year, uh, Weathering with You. Gorgeous. The new uh, Makoto Shinkai film. Wait, is that 2019 or is that 2020? Came out 2019. Oh, okay. And it's being released in theaters now, and also it's getting a 4DX release. It deserves a 4DX. You need to... That's going to be crazy, though. It's going to be raining and dripping and water. No, it's going to just continuously, like, mist your face. It's uh, that. We should go back and see in 4DX. That's regal theaters, right? Yeah. So we're going to have to find a regal theater. We have them. Not here. Uh Yeah. If there's a regal theater in the Massachusetts area, let us know. Zanspirekin.com. Please email me. So those are the films of tr- the animes of 2019. A lot of them, right? Fenway. Oh, Fenway? Really? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't know that. So those are the films. Which are your animes of 2019? What was your uh, movies of 2019? Let us know. Zanspirekin.com. And we're almost done with our decade review. We only have like two more things and we're done. We have television shows, and then we have the manga, and then that's it. We're done. So we're going to go quick with these, because we spent a lot of time on movies. I admit that. Long time. But TV shows, we had a lot of stuff that happened this year. Now, just picking out a couple of the big ones, you had Adventure Time, which is was a cult phenomenon. Everyone loves Adventure Time. The weirdness of Finn, the human, and Jake the dog, also the insanity of the Ice King. So that's a fun show that came out this year. You had uh, The Americans, the story of... Soviet uh, spies in America, which was... Uh, Sleeper cells and all that good stuff. Yeah. You had Anthony Bourdain, the late Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown, him exploring the world while trying good food. You had Ash vs. the Evil Dead, an adaptation of the Evil Dead franchise, well done. You had Better Call Saul, the spinoff of another series on here, about a corrupt lawyer who just works with, the, with criminals. You had Boardwalk Empire, 19... Was it 40s or 30s? Criminals. It's like the mob in 1930s or 40s. Anyway, you had Bob's Burger, an anime series about a guy who owns a burger shop, which surprisingly is super popular. No one would think that show is, but it's very King of the Hill-y. Isn't it from King of the Hill? No. No. Uh, You had uh, Breaking Bad, which is the film, the series that Better Call Saul was a spinoff of. The story of a high school teacher who wanted to get money for his family because he was dying of cancer. And him becoming an insane kingpin. An epically amazing series that, if you have not watched it, watch it. It's worth it. So you had Broad Church, uh, Broad Church the story of a murder mystery that happens in Broad Church, England, starring David Tennant. It was remade in the U.S. It's okay. The, the remake is okay. The original series is great. It shows David Tennant being amazing, as he does. You had Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, a bunch of dumb cops, a really stupid procedural show that's just... How would you describe Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Um, it's a, it is a procedural show. It's not that stupid, cops. It's like real life. Yes, real cops. Uh, let's have all the lineup guys sing uh, I Want It That Way by Backstreet Boys. It's like... <laughs> if all of the cops came from a frat house... Yeah. It's a great show. It is, it is a It's entertaining. It's SNL meets a procedural. That's what it is. It's highly entertaining. Speaking of which, you had Dan Harmon's Odyssey uh, Community, which is about a bunch of people in a community college. That craziness. I will say the ending of the last season was not great, but 
good show. Then you have a show which it's become super popular because it's showing the inner lives of royalty. Specifically, it's a biopic. Uh, the Crown is the best ever. Ta-da! What's who, who is the better Queen Elizabeth? There's only one Queen Elizabeth. Okay, which, which actress portrayed her better, young queen or older queen? I am enjoying young queen more, but I feel like older queen is more true to her looks. The queen. Yeah. I, I enjoyed The Crown. It's it's a show which I thought was garbage, and then it's, I became super addicted to it. You're welcome. Yeah. You had Daredevil, the Netflix series that... Is only three seasons, but it introduced some great elements of Daredevil to it. His Catholicism was shown well. It was a great departure from the movie. It was done so, so well. Also, I gotta say this: best Wilson Fisk in person uh, interpretation ever. Uh, you had Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance, a puppet show which no one thought would have done well, and. <laughs> Cause it was it's a remake, but it was it's a sequel. <laughs> it's, a it's a sequel, but it was epic. And creepy and sweet, and the costumes were fantastic. They just, uh, was it Jim Henson's group yeah. or Jim Henson? Jim Henson's company, the Henson Company. And it's the daughter that still does it and everything. Like that, they just nailed it. Knocked out part. Now, the next series is a film, which, or a movie series, TV series. The serial series, you know what I mean. It is a series that is about the wealthy aristocracy in 1910 through 1930 of Britain. Some weird show no one's ever heard about. About a family called the... the, the, the Crawleys, uh, Downton yeah. Abbey. Yes, uh, Downton Abbey. A show which you think is stupid, but it's super addictive. It's so awesome. Again, you're welcome. Again, it's like the crowd. It's, you think it's going to be bad. It's intriguing because there's so many interesting characters. It's not just the higher family you're watching. That was not in our year-end movie review. No sequels to stuff, remember? <sighs> Tried not to cover the Downton because the Downton Abbey movie is part of the TV series, in my opinion. It's just... Does that count as a movie? But it was amazing. Okay, well, it gets honorable mention right it now. It does. It does. Because the TV series is great, and I love that it focuses on both sides of the wall. You have the upstairs, which are the rich Crowleys, and then you have downstairs, which are all the servants, headed by Mrs. Hughes and Mr. Carson. And you have everything that ensues in between. Sex, betrayal, lust, murder, um, crime. Uh, the Just watch it. It's crazy. You have Fargo, the adaptation of the, the movie, which they thought would not have done well, does really well how they've made Fargo into an actual TV show based on a weird movie. But you have that. You have a show about, well, I don't know, some crazy people in England doing stuff where they, you know, they cook. It's like a cook-off, but not cook-off. It's a... It's a competition show. It's the greatest, the the great British bake-off. It's a competition show, but what's so utterly British about it is people are sweet to each other. It's cutthroat and horrific and and tough, tough, but everybody like is basically encouraging of each other. It's so British. It's wonderful. Yes. And the next one I think you'd want to talk about too, because it's money, lots of money in my pocket. Money, yes, lots Game of, money. of Thrones. This was the the decade of Game of Thrones, and they fucked that up so bad in that last season. It was so bad. Wait, how did they fuck it up? That show took a whole nosedive. It was like, we're setting up something really awesome, and then it's like, nope, we're going to just... 
that last episode was bad. That should have been a whole season. True. Yeah, it just... Yeah. I thought you were talking about the water bottle. Oh, oh we didn't even talk about the, the water bottle or the coffee cup or the uh, or plunger. Um, their, 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 their uh, continuity person should be fired. That was so bad for HBO especially. No kidding. But still, it's intriguing. The first couple premises were great. The the premise of the the warden of the north uh, having to go to the south to help his friend the king out, and all the insanity of the Lannisters and the Starks and the Greyjoys and all of that craziness. No one would have thought that. Uh, I mean, you kind of need a chart to keep track of everybody. But it was addictive. It was totally addictive. Okay, next one is Glow, the Glamorous Ladies of Wrestling, based on a real thing. This is a TV show about the women of wrestling from Glow, and it's super compelling. It's very, I want to say Dynasty-ish, but it's like Dynasty meets Monday Night Raw. Crazy. Next TV show is one which Greta recently got into because she never watched it when it was on TV. Or not watched it, it's still on TV. But it's a show about um, what happens after you die. The Good Place. Oh my gosh, I love The Good Place. This movie makes me ang- or this TV show makes me angry for one reason only. Why? The words they implement when they use profanities. I hate all of them. Yeah, but everybody knows I'm not good at swearing. I, I know, use but all it's... those words are my profanity. They're all bad, dumb profanities. They could have done so much more. Had them censored. Done but something. I love The Good Place. Uh, the story of a girl who supposedly went into heaven when she wasn't supposed to go into heaven, and she's going to go into there was a girl, same name, but is it heaven? Is it... What happens? The series is just about to end. I think there's only like two episodes left until the end. Where's it going to go? What's going to happen? Will she end up with um uh Chi Chi uh, Chi Chianti, or will mm. she end up with the weird guy who said he was a monk and he's actually just a rapper from Miami? <laughs> Who knows? We're gonna no, he's it. for the other girl. Yes. So now next we have Hannibal, uh, the adaptation of Hannibal Lecter, the TV show. Miles Mendelson is menacing and disturbing in this show. He's done well. Watch it, especially if you're a fan of Science of the Lambs. Highly recommend it. Now the next one is an adaptation of a telenovela. We're talking about uh, Jane the Virgin, who's playing Jane Villanueva, which makes me kind of happy. I love that. And uh, she's, uh, you said Gina Rodriguez is playing her? Yes. And it's a show which it should not have lasted as long as it did. That's the one thing I have to complain about. Because the whole thing is, okay, she's a girl who's a virgin who ends up getting artificially inseminated. It should have ended when she gave birth. That should have been the end of the series. It should have. But they didn't. They kept it going for I don't know how long. A couple more seasons. You had Jessica Jones, the adaptation of the Alias comic, I've got to say. One series I did not expect to be as good as it was, and it was really well done. It's dark, it's a crime story, and she's a very flawed character. And I love that. She's not the, I'm a superhero. No, she's an alcoholic who has superpowers who's just like, she's doing it to do it. Also, David Tennant, the former doctor playing Kilgrave. Great job of the um, the Purple Man. So next you had Kay and Peele. Kay and Peele. TV show, sketch comedy, well done. Legend of Korra. That series is, um, what we see about Legend of Korra? Uh, adaptation of Avatar, well done. Luke Cage. Yes, uh, Luke Cage, uh, the hero of Harlem. 
Great show, really bad ending. Uh, you had Luther, personal favorite of mine from BBC. Uh, what's his Idris Elba playing a corrupt cop who's trying to save the day. Did he do what he said he did? Did he not? We don't know, but the show is well done. Also, I love the fact that it's a procedural series where he's a corrupt cop, and then his love interest through the second half of the series is a girl that he let go in the first episode. She's stalking him. <laughs> and that's the love interest is like, wait, what? Uh, for all you advertising nuts out there who love the 50s, you had Mad Men. Still remember that first episode where the drunk girl was riding a lawnmower inside of the uh, uh, office and she... Did she kill the guy or just cut his leg off? I thought she killed the guy. Who knows, but it's just really poorly done. Um, the newest streaming film, The Mandalorian. Love that. Hey, baby, 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 do the, do the magic hand thing. <laughs> Love Mandalorian, well done. You had the marvelous Ms. Maisel. Love that. Uh, that show, it's, uh, what is it, 1930s, 40s, 50s? Isn't it 60s? Is it 60s? It's sometime. It's 50s to 60s, and just, I love that. The, it's a, There's, like, beatniks in it and stuff. Yeah, it's a well-done period piece, I think. And I love the fact that you have Alex, um, the, the mom from... Uh, from uh, Family Guy is playing her lesbian manager who's like super angry lesbian. <laughs> I love that. Uh, you had Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot, very good cyberpunky conspiracy theory. Uh, 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 Remy Malik does a great job in that as dual role. And Christian Slater coming back in playing his imaginary friend. Very, or not imaginary, he's hard to explain. Don't want to spoil it. Okay. You had One Day at a Time. One day at a time. I like one day at a time. A remake of an old 60s TV show. I loved it. It's a shame it got taken off of Netflix, but it's been revived on another streaming service, so I can't wait to see that. You had the other big Netflix show, Orange is the New Black. Oh, everybody loves that. I have not watched a lot of it. I am. It's a prison show, but it's an all-female prison, and it's... It's intriguing. It's engaging. I think the first two seasons were great, and then it just kind of nosedives, in my opinion, but that's me. You had Park and Recreations, which is... It's a, it's a show. It's good. A lot, of people, a lot of people like it. I'm more Penny Dreadful. Yes. Another one, Penny Dreadful. Horror series where they took old horror characters and brought them to the present. And also, same period of time, you also have Peaky Blinders, which is mobsters from back then. Uh, rounding out the ending, we have Rick and Morty, which has been a phenomenon because people are obsessed with that show and it's caused, it's caused the rule of, you know, don't judge a fandom by the five idiots who are really loud because they're stupid. Right. Great crazy show that's uh, Doc and Marty as grandfather and grandson and really drunk. It's Steven Universe, the very... Um, uh, something positivity. I want to say it's not... Body positivity, but it's, it's uh, just positivity general. Steven Universe is a story about loving no matter what, being no matter what. It is LGBTQR friendly. It's friendly and great. It's a TV show which conquered boundary. The main character was a boy who liked pink, but and it's Steven Universe. That's all I can say about it. It's an intriguing, great show that's worked out so well with no one. Then you have. Stranger Things. Ooh, Stranger Things. 
Uh, yes, horror series that's 80s nostalgia. Finn Wolfhard made the show great. Yeah, Two Broke Girls, which is the whole reason why everyone watched that show. Let's be honest, it's Kat Dennings. I like Two Broke Girls. I, it's funny to me. A rich girl and a poor girl end up working at a shop together with Crazy Lady from... Uh, what is that movie? That, uh, Legally Blonde. The hairdresser from Legally Blonde. Or Stifler's Mom, if you want to be... And, I like it. Shame that show got canceled. It's a, it's a funny, stupid show. And the last two we have is we have one we cannot not talk about. We're talking about Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. That show has revitalized or reanimated. Zombies. Yay. Yes. And if you haven't noticed, the title is not The Zombies. That's The People Who Survived. Yeah. Trippy, weird show. And then last and not least, we have HBO's adaptation of an old film from the 70s. We're talking about Westworld. Cowboys well, what, and What robots. about Watchmen? Well, Watchmen was one season, and they're not getting a sequel. So, But yeah, Watchmen. Everyone's saying it's really good. I've heard really good things about it. All I know is it's not getting a second season. And also notice I didn't speak about American Gods either. And I loved American Gods. I thought that was a really great show. The first season was amazing in it because it's an adaptation of one of my favorite books. It just took a nosedive really quick. Ah, yeah, I know. This has been a long, 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 long list. It's been a long episode. I know, and I know some of you tired, so I do apologize. So we're gonna stop here for this is decade review. We've done the animes, the animes and mangas of the last two. We're actually be doing that in a separate episode where we talk about the animes and mangas of the 2010s. So if there is a series that we've forgotten, let us know. Uh, email me personally, zayinspired.com. And with that in mind, let's, uh, well, I think that's it for now. So I'm your Jose. And I'm Greta. We're Gonsville. We'll catch you guys next time. Welcome to 2020. Welcome to 2020. Ha <laughs> <laughs>